And if you have a Bible, go please to the book of Joshua. Si trajo su Biblia, vaya por favor al libro de Josué, the sixth book of your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen, or you can look for it on a digital device there. But Joshua chapter 1, y vamos a comenzar esta noche en Josué, el capítulo 1. While you find that, let me announce that this coming weekend, beginning on Friday night, este fin de semana, empezando el día viernes, tenemos nuestra campaña de invierno. We have our winter camp meeting. I want to invite everyone who is uh, here and listening to be a part of that and to come and hear the word of the Lord, come and be encouraged by the message that's going to be preached and by the presence of the Lord. Uh, we're going to be having a uh, service Friday night at 7, Saturday night at 6, and Sunday night at 6. And then Saturday during the day, we will be having a uh, series of teachings at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Uh, with lunch in between. So if you are um, able to be here, we encourage you to be here. We invite you to be here, especially those of you who are serving in some kind of capacity as a, a leader or volunteer at the church. Now, this weekend is designed to encourage now, all of uh, those who serve the Lord and to give them a, uh, a boost into the coming uh, work that is uh, before us in the ministry this year. Also want to announce that on, on February 17th at 6 p.m., we will be having our Kingsway Church Couples Banquet. That's going to be held here at the church in the Fellowship Hall on February 17th at 6 p.m. And uh, we want you to uh, be a part of that, and we want you to uh, make plans as of, uh, as of now to be a part of that. Next Wednesday is Valentine's Day, and that will be the following Saturday at 6 p.m. El día 17 de febrero estaremos teniendo un banquete para las parejas. Uh, entonces, hagan planes ya de una vez, día uh, 17 de febrero a las 6 de la tarde. Y uh, si usted uh, quiere participar, hágase, uh, haga planes para estar aquí uh, con su pareja y vamos a, a esperar el bien y la bendición de Dios en esa celebración. Uh, va a ser un tiempo de, uh, de comer juntos y de convivir y también a reconocer uh, la grandeza de Dios en la vida de los matrimonios de nuestra iglesia. So be making plans, the couple's banquet, uh, February 17th at 6 p.m., and uh, there will be child care provided. So uh, make those plans as of now to be a part of that. All right, let's go to the word of the Lord, Joshua chapter 1. Vamos a ir a Josué capítulo 1, verso 7 y 8, verse 7 and 8. Perhaps uh, one of the most quoted Bible verses of all of the Bible, very, very often quoted and memorized right here uh, in Joshua chapter 1. It reads, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. 
Uh, we're going to talk tonight about uh, the fact that we have been born to succeed. Vamos a hablar esta noche uh, sobre el hecho de que hemos nacido para el éxito. Can you say that with me? I was born to succeed. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the power of your word, which is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and able to speak to the very issues of our heart. We ask you tonight to speak to us, that we open up our heart and our understanding, uh, that you would speak by the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that together the seed of the word might bear fruit in our hearts. We thank you for your presence above all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you want to fail? That's kind of what I thought. Quiet. ¿Cuántos tienen un deseo de fracasar? Nadie. Now let's turn that around. How many of you want to succeed? ¿Cuántos quieren tener éxito? Well, I think that is the heart of every person uh, to succeed. Creo que es el deseo de cada persona tener éxito. Whether you're talking about succeeding in your, uh, in your health or in your marriage, in your child raising, in your career, in your finances, uh, all of us want to succeed. Uh, si estamos hablando de nuestra salud o nuestros matrimonios o nuestros hijos o nuestra carrera o nuestro, nuestras finanzas, en todas áreas de nuestra vida hay un deseo de tener éxito, de tener una alcance. There is a, a desire to be successful, to be uh, able to achieve the things that uh, or the opportunities that God has placed before us. And uh, many times it seems like the, the opposite is true in the lives of some people. A veces parece ser que lo opuesto es lo que aparece en las vidas de algunas personas. Entonces esta noche quiero hablar a todos. Tonight I want to speak to everybody. If you are succeeding in your life, then I want to speak to you because I want to encourage you to go forward and to succeed uh, further into what God has called you to do. And if you would say tonight, Pastor, if I'm really honest with you, I am failing. Uh, tonight I want to speak to you as well. Si esta noche usted diría, Pastor, la realidad es que yo estoy fracasando. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel like I am succeeding in this particular area of my life. I want you to listen tonight whether you are currently uh, hitting home runs and succeeding or whether you feel like you're striking out. Uh, I want you to listen to what God has to say about this subject in our life because it is in our heart to succeed. And what I want you to know tonight and what I want you to carry away with you tonight is that it is in God's heart for you to succeed. Uh, yo quiero que usted se lleve esto esta noche que está en el corazón de Dios que cada persona que está aquí esta noche está escuchando tenga éxito en su vida. This is in God's heart for you. What does God want for you? Uh, he wants you to succeed. I don't want anybody in here to think, well, you know, God probably has a category of people that he likes and he wants them to succeed, and then there's another lump of people he doesn't really care for, and he's designed them to fail, and that's all they're ever going to do. All right, that's not the teaching of the Bible. 
Uh, la, la enseñanza de la escritura no es que Dios tiene personas que Él ha deseado que tengan éxito y otros que no Y entonces quizá usted piensa well, yo estoy en el montón que Dios no quiere que tenga éxito Esa no es la realidad de la Biblia I want you to know it is in God's heart for you to succeed And He designed us for success Dios nos creó para el éxito Twice here in the book of Joshua, we read that the Lord tells Joshua, if you will obey my word, if you will put my word into action in your life, you will have good success. Dios, dos veces aquí en el pasaje que hemos leído, Dios le dice a Josué que en, uh, si él obedece sus mandamientos, que él tendrá buen éxito, que él va a tener éxito in su vida. Now, the book of Genesis, the Genesis chapter uh, 1, verse 26 through 28, it reads like this. Uh, Genesis capítulo 1, verso 26, uh, en adelante, lee de esa manera. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, that he may rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, over the living uh, things and all the wild animals and over all that creeps upon the earth. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Now there are several statements in here that let us know that you and I were created for success. Hay varias cosas que leemos aquí que nos enseñan que Dios nos creó para el éxito. First of all, we note here that God made us. All right, we are the product of a divine Creation. Lo primero que vemos aquí es que Dios nos hizo. Um, you and I were not the product of chance and uh, evolution and uh, random events, but rather we are the purposeful choice of God's creative work. Usted y yo no somos el resultado de algún proceso de la chanza donde uh, por, por, uh, por casualidad un proceso de evolución creó Se creó el hombre, no. El hombre fue creado por Dios a propósito. And right there from that moment, from that point, right there, we need to understand that God doesn't make junk. All right, say that with me. God doesn't make junk. All right, so you and I have been made by God. Usted y yo fuimos hechos por Dios. Dios no hace basura. Dios no hace cosas uh, sin servicio, sin propósito. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you need to understand that God made me and I am the result, the product of what God designed. Usted cuando se vea en el espejo, véase como una, una obra de arte de parte de Dios. You are a created masterpiece by God. Now, it, it might be hard for some of you to believe because if the culture and your family and even yourself have gone through life telling you you're a nobody, you're a mistake, 
you're an accident, you are unplanned, you are unwanted, you are rejected, then you are thinking, well, no, pastor, I don't really know if I can buy into this tonight. Well, I don't know uh, what you've heard in the past, but I want you to hear the word of God from the book of Genesis, the first chapter ever written uh, from the scriptures. God utters this clear and distinct word. You were created by the almighty God and God doesn't make junk. Come on, somebody. God does what he does. And the Bible says that he does all things well. Dice la Escritura que Dios lo que hace, lo hace bien. Los días del ministerio de Jesús, la gente se maravillaba diciendo, Él hace todas las cosas bien. During the ministry of Jesus, the people marveled and said, He does all things well. Everything He does is good. Everything He touches is good. God made you. And he made you well. Second thing we notice here is that we were made in God's image. Lo siguiente que vemos aquí es que fuimos hechos en el imagen de Dios. So not only did God make you, because God made cows and, and uh, goats and sheep and don dogs and donkeys too. Uh, Dios hizo también a los uh, uh, caballos y los burros y los chivos y los, los perros y las vacas. Pero algo hay distinto. There's a difference, isn't there? God made us in his image and likeness. Dios nos hizo a nosotros en su imagen y semejanza. He made you like unto himself. Dios nos creó como a sí mismo. And that means that when God made man, he made him with the capacities uh, that are like his own. Dios hizo al hombre con capacidades como las que él tiene. He gave us the capacity to think, to reason, to understand, to solve problems. Nos dio la capacidad de tener razón, entendimiento, de poder solucionar problemas, de poder crear. He made us with the capacity to create, to build. He, he gave us the capacity to imagine. Nos dio la capacidad de imaginar, de ser creativos. Think about that. God gave man the capacity to dream big things and to build them. Dios le dio al hombre la capacidad de soñar grandes cosas y de hacerlos. And, and that is uh, a very much in the very nature of God. Esto es la misma naturaleza de Dios. I shared with you last week that I think one of the problems we have as a church is that we have a small imagination. Creo que la iglesia a veces se imagina muy poco. Piensa muy poco de lo que Dios puede hacer. We, we think very little of what God can do. But friends, you have been given the capacity to think and to explore and to dream and to ask and to pray prayers as big as God. Usted y a mí se, me ha, se nos ha dado la capacidad de soñar y crear y imaginar cosas tan grande y orar oraciones tan grande como Dios. Is there anybody in here that's willing to stretch the limits of what you'll believe God for this year? Hay alguien aquí que puede decir yo voy a voy a ir más allá que los límites de lo que yo creo que Dios puede hacer en mi vida. God not only does that, but then we see a third thing right here in the verse. It says that God blessed them. He made them 
He, gave, he made them in his image and he blessed them. Dice ahí el pasaje en el verso 28, verse 28 says God blessed them. Dice el verso 28 que Dios los bendijo. Think about this. From the very creation of mankind, God put on man the seed of success. Desde la, el momento que él creó al hombre, Dios ya le dio la semilla del éxito. Porque le dio su bendición. God gave us his blessing. You and I walk today under the blessing of God. Usted y yo caminamos bajo la bendición de Dios. Somebody say, I am blessed. You have to know that. Usted tiene que saber esto. Yo soy bendecido. The blessing of God follows me. All right, I want you to learn to say that and to believe that. God's blessing follows me because I am his child. Yo soy hijo de Dios, su bendición me sigue. His blessing follows me. His blessing follows you because we are children of God. You know what it means to be blessed? It means that God has spoken favorably to the circumstances in your life. El ser bendecido implica que Dios ha hablado favorablemente a las situaciones que hay en tu vida. If, if uh, we're talking about the blessing of God, we're saying that God's word, God's good word hangs over your life. La buena palabra de Dios está sobre tu vida. So that it doesn't matter, listen church, it doesn't matter where you go in life, whether it's kindergarten or whether it's a doctorate program, you can succeed because the blessing of God is on your life. Say amen, somebody. Whether you are applying for your first job or you're applying for a job that you don't qualify for, you can have the assurance that God has blessed your life. And that anybody that it comes into contact with you as a believer is going to be blessed too. Say amen, somebody. That you are not only blessed, but that you can be a blessing to other people. That you can be a blessing to the world around you. That you can build and mend and heal the lives of other people because of the blessing of God that is on your life. Now that is why I can say tonight that you and I were born to succeed. From the very moment you were born, you were born being made by God, made in God's image, and blessed by God. Desde el momento que usted nació, nació siendo la criatura de Dios en el imagen de Dios con la bendición de Dios. Why is it then that failure comes into our lives? Por eso, ¿por qué entonces ocurre el fracaso en nuestra vida? Why is it sometimes that failure comes into our life? If God has created us for success, why do we experience failure? Maybe you say, Pastor, why am I failing right now if God has promised me success? Well, there's some important things that we're going to look at tonight that deal with why sometimes the seed of success is not able to bear its fruit in our life. And we're going to, we're going to look at that for just a moment. Vamos a ver algunas cosas que matan la semilla del éxito en nuestra vida. Now, if God has planted the seed of success, how many of you would like to know what could kill that seed? Yeah, everybody in here should want to know that. All right, you ought to say, Pastor, tell me 
write it down, make sure I know what you're talking about tonight, because I want to be a success. Now, we're talking about every area of your life. Listen, you're, you are blessed by God as an individual. If you're married, God has blessed your marriage. Say amen, somebody. Marriage is blessed by God. Before it's ever blessed by the court, it's blessed by God. And that means your marriage can be a success. And if you have children, your children have the blessing of God on them so that your child raising can be a success. And if you're in a career, your career has the blessing of God on it. And now that career can be a success. So we need to see, okay, what are the things that could possibly hinder God's seed of success in my life? Well, let me just explain something to you here before I get into this. The, the idea of failure is not God's. El, la idea del fracaso no es de Dios. You know where failure came from? Failure came into man's life when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Cuando Adán y Eva pecaron contra Dios, ahí entró el fracaso a nuestra vida. So don't ever say God wants me to fail because God has nothing to do with failure. God creates good things. He doesn't create failure. Say amen, somebody. So failure is the result of Adam and Eve sinning against God. And as a result then, every one of us has to struggle against the nature of sin that was unleashed on the world um, as a result of their rebellion against God. Entonces, el fracaso entra a la vida cuando comenzamos a ver las cosas. Um, Adán y Eva comienzan a rebelarse contra Dios. Entra el pecado. Y ahora por el pecado ha entrado el fracaso a la vida del hombre. So here's some success killers. First of all, the lack of vision. Aquí están unos, um, algunas cosas que matan el éxito en nuestra vida. La primera que voy a mencionar es la falta de visión. How many of you have vision? Not television, all right? I'm talking about vision. You have a, a dream for your life. ¿Cuántos tienen visión? Listen, if you wake up in the morning and, and they ask you, what are you going to do with your life? You say, I don't know. We'll see what the day brings. What kind of year are you going to have? I, I hope it's a good one. I'm telling you, you don't have any vision. All right, because when you have vision, you already know where you're going and you know what it looks like when you get there. La visión uh, es muy importante porque si usted amanece diciendo, pues, a ver qué nos trae el día, a ver qué clase de qué, uh, año me va a tocar, usted ya va mal porque la visión es lo que determina yo voy a llegar a este propósito de Dios en mi vida. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says that without vision, the people perish. Dice la escritura que sin visión, sin revelación, el pueblo perece. People perish, they fail because they don't have a vision for what God wants to do in their life. Muchos uh, tienen uh, fracaso porque no tienen visión. Listen, I challenge, uh, I'm a pastor and I, I uh, get, uh, oftentimes I get the opportunity to challenge other pastors, to train other pastors and other ministers. I am constantly challenging them to have vision, to have a clear understanding of what God wants to do 
in that church or in that organization. Friends, the same principle is true for your life and for your marriage and for your family. You've got to know where it is that God wants you to go. None of you will ever take a vacation and just start driving. Well, let's see where it takes us. If you want to take a vacation, if you're going to invest the money and the time off and all of the things it takes to take a vacation, how many of you know vacations are expensive? If you're going to go through the expense of taking a vacation, the least you can do is decide where you're going and what you're going to do when you get there so that you don't waste the money and the time. A lot of people are wasting money and wasting time because they're living life with no idea of where it is that they're headed. They have no idea where it is that they're headed. What is God desiring and designed for your family? Where does he want that family to go? And listen, friends, vision doesn't come by listening to other people. Vision comes by listening to God. La visión no viene por oír la voz de otra persona. La visión viene por oír a Dios. When you, you get on your knees, you say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What is your plan, your purpose for my life? What is your plan for my family? I think a good exercise for you as we think about this uh, Valentine's uh, celebrations coming up. One of the good things for every marriage in here to do would be to sit down and talk about the vision for your marriage and your family. Where is God leading you? Where is God taking you? What is God calling you to do as a family? And as an individual, it's important for you to know where is, where is my life headed? And write it down. Be specific about it. Be clear about it. Tenemos que tener una, una mentalidad que dice, yo voy a tener una visión clara de lo que Dios ha hablado a mi vida y voy a perseguir esa visión. Now, vision is important because once you know where you're going, then you know where you're not going. Ahora que usted sabe a dónde va, ya, no sabe, ya sabe a dónde no va. So if somebody comes along and says, hey, you want to go with us over here? He said, can't do that because I'm headed over here. Si alguien viene y dice, vamos a ir a este lado a otro, usted dice, no, yo no puedo ir allá porque yo tengo un destino, tengo una visión. Someone, uh, if you're committed to finishing college and having a good grades and getting the, the job that you want, and someone comes along and says, hey, you want to go to this party tonight, and, uh, and uh, it's going to be wild, and you say, no, I can't do that, because that doesn't take me where I'm trying to go. I've got to stay with the vision that God has for my life. And when you are clear about that, then you can start saying no to the right things and yes to the right things. You can say you can say yes to the things that are going to take you to the place God has for your life and for your family. Cuando usted tiene una visión clara, puede decirle no a ciertas cosas y sí a las cosas de vida. All right. Now I could spend all all day, all month, all year talking about vision. But I don't have that much time. So the next vision, the next success killer is I can't. La otra cosa que mata el éxito es no puedo. I can't. A lot of people have no idea what can be done. They just know what can't be done. Muchos no saben lo que se puede hacer, pero sí saben lo que no se puede hacer. 
If, if they're struggling with their health, the doctor says, I want you to walk a mile every day. I can't do that. I want you to stop eating this kind of I can't do that. And I can't will destroy success. El no puedo va a destruir tu éxito. The Bible gives us a different one, doesn't it? La Biblia nos enseña otra cosa. It teaches us I can. La Biblia nos enseña yo puedo. Todo lo puedo en Cristo que me fortalece. It teaches us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if God tells you I want you to forgive this person. You have an option. You can say, I can't. And you're going to fail. Say amen, somebody. Or you can say, I can forgive them through Christ. And now you're taking a step towards success. If God says, I want you to, to honor me with the 10% of your income, you say, I can't do that. Then you're taking a step toward failure. If he says, honor me with 10%, you say, that's tough, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now you're taking a step toward success. Listen, if you harbor the I can't in your heart, then life is going to beat you down, friend, because life requires you to do things you don't think you can do. To love people that you don't think you can love. To forgive people that you don't think you can forgive. To get over stuff you don't think you can get over. To face challenges you don't think you can face. But here I am tonight to, to remind you what God's word says. It says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So there, that you can love people who are difficult to love. And you can forgive people who have hurt you. And you can face challenges that seem impossible. And you can move mountains. And you can achieve the success that God has for your life. Say amen somebody. Because God has created you for success. And Christ in you is powerful. Christ in you is the victory that you need. All right, number three, the third success killer is fear and worry. Uh, otro, otra cosa que mata el éxito es el temor y la preocupación. How many of you in here would be honest enough to say, Pastor, I'm a worrier? <laughs> Some of you already had your hands up before I asked. Yeah. How far does worry get us? Lord, Jesus said, Jesus said, how many of you by worrying can add a single inch to your stature? My mama was a worrier, and she was 4'11". If she could have grown by worrying, she would have been a giant. But worry doesn't grow your life, and it doesn't grow, it doesn't grow anything. Worry steals from you. La, el temor y la preocupación nos roban el éxito en nuestra vida. Go to the, gospel, to the book of Job, chapter 3. Vaya a Job, capítulo 3, verso 25. Job, chapter 3, verse 25. It says, For what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. Listen to that. What I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. It seems to be that Job is saying that fear and worry attract failure into your life. El temor y la preocupación atraen el fracaso a tu vida. 
It's like when you start worrying, you start walking and living in fear, you are putting out a big sign to trouble. It says, hey, I'm over here. Come get me. The enemy is attracted to fear. He works on it. It's fuel for his work. El enemigo es atraído al temor. Dijo Job, lo que temí vino a mí. Él nos está diciendo que cuando una persona se preocupa, está caminando en el temor, está atrayendo esas cosas a su vida. And, and the, the simple reality there is that fear will always destroy faith in your life. That's why it's a success killer. El temor siempre destruye la fe en tu vida. The opposite of faith, friends, is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is fear. El lo opuesto a la, a la fe no es la incredulidad. Lo opuesto a la fe es el temor. That's why over and over again in the Gospels we hear Jesus saying, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Why? He's constantly reassuring us that we have no reason to fear. Usted y yo no tenemos razón por temer. Jesús siempre en los evangelios decía, no temas, no temas. Uh, él nos da esa, esa confianza que no tenemos que temer. The Bible not only tells us that fear destroys faith, but fear destroys love. El temor también destruye el amor. The scripture says that there is no fear in love. No hay temor en, en el amor. When love is present, it, it has um, an absence of fear. That means that love isn't worried about who's going to hurt me, what's it going to take, what's it going to cost me. And that's why fear is a, is, a, is a failure magnet to your life. Because when you walk in fear, you're walking out of love and you're walking out of faith. Por eso es que el temor es un imán al fracaso. Porque cuando usted camina en el temor y el, el, la preocupación, usted está llamando a su vida esas cosas porque está caminando fuera de la fe y fuera del amor. Can I just tell you tonight? Fear not. Have faith in God. No temas, sino ten fe en Dios. Listen, God has it. Whatever it is you think you have to be afraid of or worried about, God has it. Do your part, God will do his. Amen, somebody. Do your part and leave the rest to God. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid. God's in control, isn't he? When you and I have done all that we can do, God is there. God is there to take over and to do those things that are beyond our control. Here's another success killer is condemnation. Aquí está otro, otra cosa que mata el éxito es la condenación. The enemy would like nothing more than for you to live in fear and condemnation. El enemigo quiere que usted viva en temor y condenación. And unfortunately, he's used the church a lot to do it. Desafortunadamente, el enemigo ha usado muchas veces la iglesia para predicar temor y condenación. But I don't want to, I'm not preaching fear and condemnation. I'm preaching freedom from condemnation. 
Romans tells us in chapter 8, verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Dice la Escritura que no hay más condenación para aquellos que están en Cristo. What is condemnation? Condemnation is the devil bringing back your past to use it against your future. All right. ¿Qué es la condenación? La condenación es cuando el enemigo te trae tu pasado para usarlo en contra de tu futuro. He says, because you did that, you can't have that. Te dice, porque tú hiciste eso allá, tú no puedes tener esto acá. And and if that were the only voice that you had or that I had to go on, that'd be a very sad scenario tonight. But the fact is that when you came to Jesus, Jesus took care of your past and he rewrote your future. So that today you and I can look not at our past, but look at the cross and say, because of the cross, I can have my blessed future. I can have a successful marriage. I can have a successful family. Come on, somebody. Because the cross of Christ has eliminated everything that disqualified me yesterday. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Now, you want to know how to dis dis discern condemnation. Condemnation will always push you away from God. La condenación, si usted quiere saber cómo puedo discernir la condenación, la condenación siempre te separa de Dios. Makes you feel unworthy. Makes you feel like God doesn't want him to have anything to do with you. That God is tired of you. That God is um, mad at you. That's always the work of the devil. Because ultimately, listen, condemnation is a counterfeit for the true work of the Holy Spirit, which is conviction. La condenación es una, una, algo falso que el diablo usa para representar una obra verdadera del Espíritu Santo, que es la convicción. Now, conviction has a completely different effect. La convicción trae algo completamente distinto. La convicción te uh, empuja hacia Dios. Conviction pushes you toward God. When the Holy Spirit wants to convict something in your life, he won't use your past to bring it up against your future, but he'll just start to point out the things in your life that are blocking you from getting to God, and that conviction will draw you to God. That conviction will bring you to the Lord. That's why you and I are here this, tonight. That's why we have made a commitment of Christ, to Christ in our life. Because one day we heard the preaching of the gospel and the word of God brought conviction upon our heart and it drew us to God. It had nothing to do with making you feel guilty or it had nothing to do with making you feel bad about your past. It had something to do with the fact that God had shown us kindness when we didn't deserve it and that brought conviction to our heart and drew us to God. Say amen, somebody. Because the Holy Spirit, when he convicts, he'll always do so in such a way that it cuts and heals at the same time. And you can tell the difference. When it's conviction, you're drawn to the Lord. When it's condemnation, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to Bible study. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. It's pushing you away from God. Watch out. When you, when you feel that pushing you away from God, you remind yourself what God has said. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You say, well, pastor, I've sinned against God. Guess what? Confess it to God. 
put it under the blood and move on. Because your past doesn't disqualify you of having success in your future. Say amen, somebody. So you can't live under condemnation. And finally, the last success killer is unforgiveness. Lo último que puede robarte de el éxito es la falta de perdón. If you are unwilling to forgive and let go of the past, it will keep you from success. Listen, there are people who have a lot of money but aren't happy. Would you call that success? No. They have, they have a lot of friends, but they're still lonely. Would you call that success? No. You could go through a long list of things like that. Well, the fact is that so long as you and I walk in unforgiveness, carrying yesterday's baggage, it keeps you out of the promised land God has for you. Mientras que usted camine con el equipaje del ayer, todo eso te va, te va, no te va a dejar o permitir entrar a la promesa que Dios tiene para tu vida. I want you to read this verse of scripture with me out of the book of Deuteronomy. If you will, real quickly. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17 and 18. Vaya a Deuteronomio capítulo 25. The Bible says here, remember what Amalek did. This is Deuteronomy 25, verse 17 and 18. Remember what Amalek did to you along the way when you came out from Egypt. How he met you along the way and attacked among you all the stragglers that, you're, uh, that were at the rear when you were faint and weary and he did not fear God. Listen, Moses tells the nation of Israel, when they were, were going through the wilderness, they're going to the promised land, they're going to the place God promised them, the enemy attacked. Notice who he attacked. He attacked the stragglers. Now you imagine there's two million people journeying through the wilderness. It's hard enough to get your five-member family out of Target, right, or Walmart. He had two million people who had to move through the wilderness. You can imagine if in the morning they wake up and they hear the sound of a particular trumpet and that meant it was time to pack up camp and move on that the people who were agile and ready would start packing up camp, and, and within a few minutes, they're ready to march. But other people, they're kind of like, oh, here we gotta, we got to move again. Got to go again. And they would, they, would, they would slow the process down. And so the, the nation was moving, and they were kind of just straggling behind. And the enemy would attack the stragglers. He would attack the people who were not with the move of God, who were not with the move of the Spirit. Listen, church, you have got to be confident of this. I'm moving where the Spirit is moving. You got to be with the move of the Spirit. Go with the cloud. Because when you begin to struggle, when you begin to get behind, you might say, well, I've, I've served a long time and I deserve a break. Or you might say, well, I just... I just can't get over what so-and-so said about me or what so-and-so did to me. Listen, when you hang out in that place, 
you are becoming a target for the enemy. You, you, if you live in unforgiveness and resentment and you live in yesterday, you set yourself up for the enemy to come and attack because he loves to attack people who are by themselves, who are straggling behind, who have gotten out of the fellowship, out of the body, out of the voice of the church. And when they do that, they get left behind. Listen, it says that he attacked them. And he attacked them because they were in, they were faint and they were weary. Three characteristics there to watch out for. They got behind, they were faint, they were weary. You cannot live in yesterday and succeed today. If you're going to succeed today, if you're going to have good success, you have to get up today and know Yesterday's gone. I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I can't rewind. I can't correct it. I can't alter it. It's done. It's in the vault. It's in the archive. It is what it is. I said what I said. I blew it. I messed up. They blew it. They messed up. Today, I've got to move forward. Today, I've got to push on. Today I have to go after what God has put before me. And I can do this because God is with me. I can do this because God is on my side. I can do this because greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. Friend, you were born to succeed. So get up every morning, leave yesterday in the past, and move on to what God has for you today. Move on for what God has for your life and for the life of your family. Would you stand with me tonight? I want to just challenge you in your heart, in your inner man tonight. If there's anybody in here who would say, Pastor, I'm failing in a particular area of my life, and I can see how these things have robbed me of success. I can see how one or two of these things have kept me from entering into what God has for me. Friend, can I tell you, today, God is calling you forward. He's calling you to leave yesterday in the past and walk in the certainty of the blessing of God for your life right now. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you or thinks about you. What matters is that God has designed you for success. And if you want to succeed, the first step to that is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, to receive the salvation that God promises through his son. If you start there, if you say yes to Christ, now you're, on the, you're walking in the right direction. Now you have the help of the Holy Spirit who's able to lead you and guide you into all truth. And you will find good success as you obey him and you follow his voice. If you say, Pastor, I've done that, but I'm confronting failure in my life because I have allowed these things to rob me. Tonight I want you just to confess those things to God and leave them in his hands. Would you do that with me? Would you just raise your hands and just tell the Lord, Lord... These are the things that I have been carrying around that have been slowing me down. 
These are the things that have been robbing me of my progress. They have been robbing me of my success. And I want to leave them tonight at the foot of the cross. I'm not going to walk any longer under the burden of these things which the enemy has used in my life to try to steal from me, to try to take what belongs to me. I have been born for success. And I don't want anything to stop me from achieving what you have called for my life. Lord, I want to be faithful to you. I want to do what you made me to be. Father, I pray tonight for clear vision for the life of your church. I pray that they would have this confession in their mouth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I pray against fear and anxiety and worry. I pray against carrying around oh, the burden of fears that they cannot control. I come against that now in the name of Jesus. I declare Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. We will not fear or be afraid, but we will walk in victory and we will walk in light. Father, I come against condemnation. I come against every voice that would tell your children that they cannot do what you have called them to do, that their past has dis destroyed their future. I come against that voice now in the name of Jesus. I declare that the blood of Jesus has given you a fresh start, a new beginning, and that victory belongs to you as a child of God. Father, I pray where there is anyone carrying around the baggage of yesterday, they're carrying around unforgiveness or resentment, they're carrying around anything from their past that would keep them from success today. We pray now in Jesus' name for the strength to lay that down, to give it to you, and to trust you with it. We ask you these things in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. If you want to come into this altar a few moments, would you do that tonight? Just come and lay that at the foot of the cross. Give God your commitment. Give God your whole heart tonight.